You are about to enter the most electrifying NFL talk show you have ever experienced. From up-to-the-minute news and notes to... <sighs> Who am I kidding? God, it's a wrap. Let's try this again. with Connor Forrest. Want to get involved? Send us an email to mailbag at connorforrest.com for your questions to be read on air. And now, broadcasting from the great Commonwealth of Virginia. Such bad, bad broadcasting. Are you kidding me? Uh, I come right off. I mean, that was funny. And I, I think I think we interrupted the intro, which is so bad. I literally uh, pull the uh, curtains behind the uh, broadcast booth. I literally am, am listening to the intro on my headphones, and I say to Sean, "Hey, uh, we're coming off mute here in five, four. And as I say one, I knock my Coke Zero over onto my laptop and my keyboard, and it's just there's. Oh boy. There's Lake Coke Zero sitting here on uh, on my desk. And quite frankly, I don't know what to do about it. Are yeah. we going to stare at this the whole broadcast, do you think? Uh, is there is there a like a there is there a rag on the floor? I hope not. There is nothing. <laughs> We're going to have to stare <laughs> at this funny. Coke Zero for the next Let me see. however long you this use goes. a pillow to absorb it. There's a <laughs> pillow out there. It, 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 we could use that. The problem is when the mics go off and wife finds out, I'm going to oh, yeah. I'm going to have a, something wrapped around my neck. Probably a golf club. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, it was just one. devastating. You, I'm honestly I kind of want to listen back to that intro and see if you can actually hear the cocaine get knocked over. It was right next to the mic. That was just That was devastating. I had a story all lined up. I was about to go in with a nice intro and Hey, listen, man. It's Thursday. We're almost to Friday. This is the thing with broadcasting on a Thursday night is really it's the entire week's worth of mental strain is on you. So, you know, I, I either come into the broadcast booth with a bang. We either come in here with it with energy or I'm just I'm dragging. But uh, tonight I came in with energy and clearly too much because Coke Zero is now just sitting all over my desk. So but hey, listen, we power through. That is what we do. You hear the voice of Sean Olette. The floating voice of Sean Olette over there. Shawnee, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's just, it's just that, was funny. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, uh, a great little show intro there for you. Uh, welcome aboard after further review returns. Yesterday's episode, your Thursday episode of Inside the Beltway, was up. If you haven't heard that, you can go ahead and take a listen to that later on. But we're uh, so pleased that you're joining us. So thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are on this beautiful planet Earth. It is Thursday, August 31st, final day of August. We are marching right into September. We are one week away, one week away, Shawnee, from the kickoff of the 2023 NFL season. So uh, we have one more set of divisions to break down, the NFC South and AFC South. So we will get into that momentarily. Uh, first off, how the hell are you? I'm doing well, man. How's How are life? you? It's good. It's good. Doing great. I um, Today was a beautiful weather day. It was. Um, and we talk about this in the springtime mostly, how this mid-Atlantic region in the great Commonwealth of Virginia, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, we, we have this false fall and false spring every year, and we fall for this, right? I don't know if you if you felt it this morning. I woke up, and I, 
Uh, I was out and about this morning around 8.39, and uh, it just felt wonderful. It was like 72, breezy, sunny, just picturesque. Yeah. And you started to feel the, wait a second, like we're we're a couple hours away from September here. Like fall is, the, the door is knocking and football's back. Um, so immediately my mind goes to, <laughs> I mean, maybe I got to get my jeans out. Hey, maybe I got to put my, my sweater vest on, you know, maybe I got to put Gilmore girls on, you know, <laughs> fall is coming. Uh, and then I, I promptly look at the weather the next few days out of excitement of, Hey, maybe, maybe fall is here. Um, starting on Sunday and working all the way up to Saturday, we're looking at 95 degrees, 97 degrees, 95, 91, 94, 95, 92. So, uh, lest you forget <laughs> summer, man. fall in Ecuador. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we could bring the podcast down to Ecuador or we can just wait a couple more weeks. I'm not sure which is easier. Uh, but next week is, is, um, it's a perfect time for the pools to decide to close. The pools close on, on Monday, Labor Day, all the pools close and everybody's back in school. Um, so they close at the perfect time where the hottest weather of the year uh, is inbound. So we're just we're taking this a couple hours at a time. We're enjoying the weather while it's here, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just it's beautiful outside. So, but but fall is is approaching, um, and uh, we're going to get into to a fall segment here because I believe, Shani, do we have a we have a list to make? We do have a list to make. It is going to be our top three. Things we look forward to in fall, with the exception of anything football related. So can't, you know, NFL top podcast sounds a little odd to say this. Sure. Can't do anything with football because I think that'd be number one on both of our lists. So no football included. Yeah. Can't. Okay, cool. No football included. We will. uh, We will make our list. Our top three favorite things about the fall. Um, Did you have something you wanted to get into? I did, actually. Yes, I did, actually. All right. So do you have a. uh, do you have a grievance? I do have a grievance. Okay. Are you a like a podcast listener? Uh, very much so. You yes. are. Okay. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Like other than us. Obviously. So other than myself uh, and you, of course, you're my favorite podcaster, Shawnee. Um, <laughs> I I listened I listened to a whole bunch of uh, political podcasts. Okay. Which I like being in the DC area. You kind of have to listen to political you know political podcasts. Um, I love the Kevin Sheehan show in terms of sports. Love Kevin Sheehan. Uh, he's a local sports talk guy here. Um, he's got a podcast that actually has national attention. So Kevin Sheehan is fantastic. Grant's uh, show, he has a baseball show called Bust and Loose Baseball. He does a fantastic job there. Grant, Grant Paulson, 1067. So a lot of local shows, okay. um, a lot of different political shows. I enjoy the Kevin Sheehan show. I enjoy Chad Duke. Chad has a podcast. I think his show is great. Um, so lots of different lots of different shows I try to dip my toe into the pool of. Um but uh, why, why do you ask? Because oddly enough, I'm not, despite being your producer and being really? on the show with you. I'm not a podcast not a listener. Podcast. I'm not. And so recently I've been taking the Metro more to get to work. I don't know how this ties in, but you. Oh, you, that's you, interesting. You'll get it. So I, I've, so you, I'm, t- I'm curious. You double click on that. So you have been taking, because you stopped taking the Metro to work. I stopped taking it and I'm starting afterwards. again because I'm moving to w- someplace where I'm going to have to take the Metro. Ah, that's right. So no. I'm trying to get into the into the rhythm right. of it. And um, it's cheaper, to be yeah. honest, than parking. Yes. Um. But I was just getting tired of like listening to music or just having my my headphones in and, mm-hmm. and not listening to anything. So I was like, I'm gonna try a podcast. So I, yeah. I there was one that was coming up on TikTok. It's called the the Bad Friends Podcast. Oh. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I have not. It's I think they're two comedians. I don't even know who they are. Okay, but they're funny. I've seen their clips on TikTok. Like okay. they, they they have really funny stuff. But I put the podcast on and I'm listening to it, and it's just about nothing. 
Yeah. It's about not that. Have you ever experienced this with yes. podcasts yeah. where, you know, for us, we're an NFL talk podcast. Right, right now, we're not talking about anything NFL related. But yeah. you know, at some point in the next 10, 15 minutes, we're going to get into NFL and you're going to know, or you're going to get everything you need to know about the the self divisions right right and in weeks prior was the other divisions and mm-hmm. then when the season starts it'll be uh game previews and reviews on games and all that fun stuff so you know we have an objective we have an aim right. we have a target audience we have a structure we have a structure right. exactly we talk about other stuff because yeah. I, I i think when you called me to ask if i want to do this with you you said my goal is not to turn on the mic and go okay lebron james michael jordan which one <laughs> Yeah. Like we, we just didn't yeah. want to be like a first take, not uh, even though that's TV or undisputed right. or anything like that. We wanted to have fun with it, get our personalities in here, get people no to, to get to know us. But we still have a name. Yes. Why do some podcasts not? I, I just find it. It, it was just yeah. stupid. Like it was just a stupid podcast. Mm-hmm. It had funny moments like they're comedians. They make funny jokes. But it was just dumb like it, there was it was yeah. about nothing yeah I, and I, i've experienced this a lot i mean i've, I've come across podcasts like that now my, a lot of my podcasts are focused on specific topics uh i am not an explorative podcast listener okay i'm not a guy who will go i know people do this with music they just go to the top charts and then play the top charts of the day i just don't do that like i have a specific taste of what i'm looking for because i think with podcasts specifically as the industry has ballooned to the point of oversaturation, where there's seven trillion, everyone and their mother has a podcast. And what happens is I think it's it's a it's a breeding ground for people to bring, you know, you can have a topic and have personalities make the topic the subject of the show. We do this with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Some people do it with politics. Um, some people do it with um you know, industries, if you're in a movie industry, if you're a movie critic and you have a movie critic podcast, you, you make movies the center of your show and you're kind of on the outskirts giving commentary on the main subject. What that does when you have a subject-based program is it structures you. It gives you an, a, a goal. It gives you a topic. And then it makes you structure introduction, uh, what the topic is, and then reaction, right? Just off the top of your head when, when you're talking about a specific topic, you just automatically structure it in a way, okay, how am I going to present this to people? When you have a Joe Rogan-style podcast where I'm going to turn on the mic and I'm just going to talk with this guy for three hours. Yeah, but even Joe so, – so that's part of it with this podcast is they had guests on. Now, yeah. when Joe Rogan has a guest on, they'll talk about different things you know, that maybe the guest is an expert on or knows about and some stuff that they don't know about. Right. But genuinely – or generally speaking, they talk about – what it is the guest is good at or known right. for or whatever. And so that's how you structure it. That's how you structure it. So let's say you're you're an actor. I'm going to, yeah, I might talk to you about, you know, why the sky's blue. But I'm also going to talk about, oh, how do you prepare for roles? How do you get into character? Sure. How do you do? And that's what it's going to be structured on. But this podcast I was listening to, it had two guests on it in this episode. They didn't like talk to, to the guests about anything related to their work. Was it just kind of freelance? It was just like hip? being in a frat house. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, so I, I was yeah. like, this is how is this a top podcast? Like, it, it, It's yeah. bad because it, they draw people there. The personalities themselves are the topics. And that is the problem. I think that's the point I'm trying to get to is when you have topic based. Joe Rogan makes his guests the topics mm-hmm. and then they kind of go from there. Right now, Joe Rogan is, is a rare example because, you know, that's that's the top of the food chain. I mean, there are guys out there that can take experts and really just get the most out of them. Um, but. When you have podcasts like how you're describing it, I've run into this before with actors who say, well, I'm an actor. I'm just going to now have a podcast. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm going to start a podcast. 
And the problem is, if you yourself are the subject, it becomes difficult because people might be attracted to those guys because of them. Not necessarily what they're talking about, but them as personalities. Um, and the problem is, is, is unless you are good at drawing content and topics out of your personality, it becomes a let's turn on the mics and let's just spit words at each other. And so people might be attracted to the person, but not the topics they're talking about. And if you don't know the person and they're not providing an engaging topic mm-hmm. that structures your show, it literally is you, – you might as well just walk into somebody speaking a language you don't understand. Because exactly. it's just like I, I'm not connecting with this at all. So I, I would – that would be my diagnostics on it. it does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. It, it was just about nothing. Like it yeah. was literally a podcast about nothing yes. with guests that were not talking, right, or being asked about anything that they do or anything, anything remotely of, of that use. they do. Or if you, exactly right. Like you can, yeah. I, I could have some guest on that does the most ridiculous. Let, let's say the guy, I, I don't even know. He, what's a ridiculous thing you can do? Guy, the guy digs holes for a living okay. just for fun because he likes to dig holes. Yeah. I can still have him on and talk to him about his freelance hole digging. You know, right, it's right. a weird thing to talk about, right. but I, I can pick his brain and, and, you can and find see a way. Yeah, exactly and have a good interview from it. Yeah. But this would be like us having Tom Brady in here and not talking about football and not really just kind of like, oh, what, 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 what are you doing this weekend? Oh, right. you know? And it's just like, yeah. why, why is there a guest? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah. It, it was just it was frustrating. Well, and this, weird. Is, this is the other part of it is is that podcasting the industry itself. And I was actually talking to this about this with my uncle from Ireland who came over this summer. We were chatting a lot about the industry. And, and it's tough because I think what makes the podcast industry so great but also so hit or miss is that it is very unstructured, right? Radio was your medium for this. If mm-hmm. me and you wanted to do this into a microphone 25 years ago, we would have had to do this at a radio station. Which has a format and segment you times th- and all that stuff. Se- you're, you're, if you have an hour-long show, your opening segment is 17 minutes, you have six minutes of ads, then you have an ad read coming back, you have eight minutes, and then... By 30 minutes, you have traffic and weather. So, like, you have it structured to where you come into show prep an hour before you turn the mics on. You say, well, these are the specific time slots that I can run my mouth. Mm-hmm. And this is where I have to make it engaging. And, like, Grant talks about this all the time. And, and Grant's show is is uh, is something I, I'd love to study how how he does it um, at 106.7 where, you know, the opening segment is the biggest segment to get. It sometimes gets to 20, 22, 22 minutes. 22, right? yeah. yeah. Um, and so – you know, he's got to find a way to lay out the show, organize it. Hey, we're on air from 2 to 6 p.m. Wow. And we have this guest at 4, our drive, our 5 o'clock primetime hour. We're going to have Ian Rappaport on there. We're going to have this guest on here. And in this opening segment, I have to make the first three minutes interesting enough to where people aren't just going to switch to 103.5, right? They're not going to switch to something else. Um, it makes you structure it. Podcasts are tough because it's not structured. It could. It is exactly how we want it to be. I hit record, and I could sit here and, and make this as long, as short, as upside down, or as weird as possible. And they're not professionals, so it can get discombobulated. Mm-hmm. And it's very tempting to make what you find interesting interesting for everybody else. But it's 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 easy in theory to say, well, I find this funny and I find this interesting, so I'm going to talk about this. Mm-hmm. But you've got to find a way, especially if you're building an audience or if you have a big following, you have to find a way to make what you find interesting what they find interesting. Right. Right. It's 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 very difficult to actually do that 
it's very easy in theory to say, well, I find this funny, so I'm going to say it, and everyone else should find it funny. Yeah, it was just, it was interesting. I just I, it, it really is. It also really speaks is. to like a cultural thing where like we're not frat guys, right? We never yeah. were, and I think it, you turn on some of those things, and there's nothing I turn off faster than that stuff. Yeah. Where I'm just like, well, I was in Capital off well no i wasn't literally talking like they're frat guys i'm just saying like you walked into a fraternity house and you hear some of the conversations and they're just about the most irrelevant weirdest things like hey man like you ever want to join a cult like yeah i got a guy like what why do you where did that come up you know what i mean i do i do what i do in real life as what i would do with those podcasts i spin on my heel and i walk out walk out yep yep (laughs) we're done and so yeah i just i found that i never knew if uh if you experienced that with podcasts i have i have experienced that but I, i i think it speaks to kind of where we are as an industry, it's it's very much it is a literal freelance thing. Everyone has their own verbal blog, mm-hmm. um, but like when you're writing a blog, any good blog is kind of an upside down pyramid, right? It's what we say in writing is is your interesting things are at the, at, the, at the top, and you're working your way down, and you're in your bright. It's structured, yeah. Is what yep. I'm trying to say. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it's just not, you know, um, you know, shows uh, independent guys, guys who haven't done it professionally. It's just not structured. Yeah. So, um, no, interesting, interesting topic. Um, interesting topic there. But uh, I do want to get into our uh, before we get into football. Um, want to get into our top three fall ranking things that we like. All right. I want you to start. All right. I'm going to start with number three. Okay. Number three. All right. So this is this is going to sound weird, but it's sweatshirts. Oh, that's not weird. Okay. I'm yeah. a sweatshirt guy. I, mean, I you like do wearing sound like a sweatshirt. Sixteen year old girl. I do. But, that's but okay. yeah, yeah. Give, no. give me my pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. Listen, nothing illegal with that. Um, <laughs> I love love no, these sweatshirts. Sweat. I like I like the sweatshirt in shorts or light you jeans. You love hoodies. Hoodies. Yep. You I'm wear a hoodie hoodies guy. for days. I swear to God, from October <laughs> to like April, Sean is in hoodies. You know who's a big hoodie person is mm. my girlfriend. Really? She yeah. will. She lives in Georgia. Girls love hoodies. Girls love hoodies. She lives in Georgia. Mm-hmm. She could have 95 degree weather outside and she'd still be wearing it. Like she just gets cold. You know what's kind of funny? What's that? And the same I way? I almost feel like I've not seen your girlfriend in not a hoodie. She always wears one. Always wears, always hoodie. wears a and hoodie. Anna loves hoodies too. Okay. I have a bunch of them. I got a bunch of NFL ones, so she just takes them. And- See, you're more. I'm gonna get. You're more of a fleece guy, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm a. Yeah, I'm a fleece guy. I actually <laughs> have like golf, like pullovers. I have a lot of quarter zips. Uh, that's quarter my zips. Move. Yeah, that's you know I mean. me yep. with quarter zips. You see, you, that, that's that's my go-to. So I'm gonna go sweatshirts is my number. Three. I like that. What's you your like, number three? Do you like sweaters? Are you a sweater guy? What type? Like describe. Uh. Well, I mean anything, right? You, you, the the quarter zip sweaters you could do. I like those. Uh, the wool sweaters. Yeah, you're a fan of wool fine. sweaters. Yeah, I'm Irish. Really any, I, wool yeah. sweaters. I got a bunch of those, and those okay. things will keep you warm as hell. They mm. might be itchy, but let me tell you, if there's any any sort of uh, heating loss in the summertime, you got an Aaron Island sweater. That thing's gonna keep you warm <laughs> for the rest of your life. I'll go decorations for three. Uh, I am a very fat, and you know this. You've been to my house for for years now. I am festive as all hell. Christmas time in my house, it's like a it's like Santa dropped a C4 in my house. It's just, it's way over the top. Lights everywhere, you know, green and, and red. Christmas is my favorite. So we go nuts for Christmas, but we do the same for fall. Um, we have decorations, we have lighting, we have. Um, I picked up a Halloween. This is, I, I swear to God, deep down, I'm a 68 year old man. I got a <laughs> Halloween uh, village. A Disney Halloween themed village to put on one of the kind of the pedestals upstairs, um, one of the display kind of cases. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got one of those, but love decorations. Halloween, I have a little graveyard with a fog machine and outdoor lights, and it's I love decorations. So I'll go three for decorations uh, as as a top tier thing for fall. 
All right, number two, I'm going to go weather. I, I yeah. think fall like and weather? spring weather are top are the best. Yeah, summer is great. I love summer. Yeah. I hate winter. Yeah, but winter, winter can. Yeah, I mean the weather, especially like mornings like today, where it was like seventy to seventy five yeah. and beautiful. Yeah, I, I just I you know Weather's goes along 10. with the sweatshirt weather. Yeah, you know? I, I like I said, you uh, new, basically from New Year's Eve to March can be like basically if you imagine a word document like highlight it and delete it from the calendar mm-hmm. like that's just a horrible time of year <laughs> uh everything's brown it sucks new year's eve is awful um but i love the cold weather up to christmas and then after christmas it's like okay we're done here like let's 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 get this over with yep but no you're right fall and spring is just tremendous um i'll always be a summer guy i just i love summer i love the sun i love being outside um, but no, can't, can't, uh, can't, I'm glad you said that. Uh, can't mess with that. Um, uh, number two, um, I'm just going to say it and then I'm going to say what I want to put, but I'm actually just going to say what's in my heart. All right. Uh, Gilmore girls. I love watching <laughs> Gilmore girls with my wife. I called you a 16-year-old girl because you like sweaters. Yeah, what the hell? Dude, I don't Come know on. what age girl I am, but it's certainly a girl. I might even be a woman. I might straight up be a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> Gilmore Girls in the fall with the decorations on and like a hot apple cider is a 10. <laughs> it's a 10. Gilmore Girls, number two on my list. Favorite thing about fall. All righty. That's something. <laughs> um <laughs> Number one for me is MLB playoffs. Oh God! Wait, what? Really? What? MLB oh, playoffs? Is your your what? first favorite thing of the fall? Well, I can't do anything football related. Remember the foliage? Nah. Oh, the <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a golden girl for now, for sure. Um, <laughs> Gilmore girl for the record. Golden girl. Golden, golden girls girl. was a show, right? Yeah, golden yeah. girls was a show. That Get was right. uh, was that Betty White. That was a Betty that White. Was, that was yep, a funny. I, 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 that's one of those shows you'll see like little clips of it on TV, and you're like, it's actually pretty funny. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> shows know? that you actually see that makes you feel like, ah, oh, man, like really, television back then were just better times. It really yeah, was. Television now is just but yeah, ML, MLB playoffs. I, I just over foliage, over yeah. like the smells, over the food, over like yeah. Okay, th- I mean Thanksgiving, but I, I, that's a little. I'm I'm talking like early fall. Okay, all right. You know, um, Thanksgiving's number one. I think it just because I said Gilmore Girls, you had to go with something manly like baseball, baseball to yeah. upstand me. But I'm going to stand by Gilmore Girls. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that concludes our podcast. Oh, I swear to God, it does not. It only gets better from here. <laughs> uh, my one? number one favorite thing is 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 kind of a traditional event that me and Anna have done for years. Um, it's a Western Loudon outing that I do with Anna every fall. So it usually happens in October. We do Dirt Farm Brewery. Okay. On, and then we do Great Country Farms. And uh, and then we usually go to the little general store off of Route 7 and then have like an apple pie or a pumpkin pie at the farm with my family. And that is always one of my it's, – it's my top tier fall because it's always a fall day. We always do it in October. Um, and it's just it's just top tier fall. It's, it's out in Western Loud where the foliage is just beautiful. Uh, it's where I grew up. It's, it's where you grew up. I mean, there's, I mean, Western Loudon, dude, in the fall is a 10. I mean, it's an absolute 10. So the views from Dirt Farm, which is out in Bluemont, it kind of looks out over the valley, and you can see the foliage just so beautifully. Um, and then coming home and doing like a hot apple cider by a fire, it's just it's about as good as it gets. I mean, it's almost as good as Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll say it's a little better than Gilmore Girls. All right. So, uh, But I'll, I'll put that there at my number one seed. Um, it's just, it's just the best. I mean, fall is fantastic. And I think as I've gotten older, I have – 
learned to appreciate fall way more than I did. Because I think when we were in school, maybe it was maybe it was a school thing. Start of school. Maybe it was a mental thing where start of school and fall were so synonymous that it just scarred me a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I love the summer. And and I just when school started, it was always just like, okay, well, here we go. Like and, and even as good I guess when you're in school too, especially when you're in high school, middle school, the weather you're in school basically, especially if you do fall sports, which I did. Um, well, these were two years, and then I did a spring sport. But you're inside all day long. Mm-hmm. So the only time you get to really enjoy it is on the weekends. Where when you're an adult, it's like, hell, I can enjoy this all the time. Like, you know, I can skip work. I can quit my job and just enjoy the fall <laughs> air. Um, you can do all the above, which is great. And go homeless and still enjoy fall. Um, <laughs> until winter comes. Until winter comes. Then you got to get your job again. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's it's great. Man, fall is just great. That, is. That's a good list, Shawnee. I, I give you some crap, but uh, but I like that. You got sweaters. You give me crap. Do uh, don't even. Do, don't, don't even. Start, dude, don't even. Watch Gilmore Girls. All right, I'll, I'll watch it. Make sure I don't do First that. First of all, I want you to tell your girlfriend that you like Gilmore Girls and watch how much she adores you for that. This is what happens. Here's the problem. Uh, okay. <laughs> now that I'm married, I think I've lost a lot of the masculinity that I once had. But here's the reality: I'm not backing down. Gilmore Girls is a 10, and uh, anyone out there who's watched it can agree. All right, MLB playoffs is an 11. Anybody that's watched it can agree. <laughs> okay, macho guy. There we go. <laughs> you know what's number one, though, for mm. both of us? Football season. Football season. It's, it's a 10. Next week. It's a 10. It is. One week away from kickoff. So it's uh, so we have two more divisions to get into. So we'll blitz through these guys, and uh, we'll send you on your merry way. And then next week, uh, me and Sean were discussing next week's schedule. There's a shot you get your episode early next week on Wednesday, but we're going to we're gonna preview those mini helmets that you got me. Those mini helmets that are up on the shelf if you um, go to YouTube. Our episode today won't be on YouTube, but if you go to YouTube, you'll see in the corner of Shawnee's uh, shot, we have a little shelf with the mini NFL helmets, and you're going to get um, – those are going to be lined up for our matchups. We're going to match up those helmets. We're going to pick matchups um, next week and preview for everything you need to know for week one. But – Let's get into the final two divisions. NFC South, AFC South. Um, I think with my eyes closed, when I think of these divisions, I think of two things. Um, They have a lot of exciting opportunities. They also are probably going to blow big time. But I do think that there's reason for excitement for both of these divisions because you're dealing with some young quarterbacks. You're dealing with some veteran quarterbacks. I think it's going to be exciting. I, I honestly do. So I think we'll start with the NFC South. Okay. And then we'll work to AFC. So let's start down at one of uh, one of the better cities in this country. Good old Tampa, Florida. I love Tampa. Tampa's a great city. Let's go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Tampa are – this is what we call the hangover year for them, right? Tom Brady gone. This is the post Brady era. You know, he Tampa Bay went all in on Brady. They got, you know, they got their Super Bowl, but this was the year that we all knew was coming. It just depended on when Brady stepped away. Brady stepped away this year. <laughs> this is the hangover that's officially starting. Um, you've got a electrifying, you know, high paced. Big time quarterback competition between Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield, which excites literally <laughs> nobody. Um, and I think they still have some tools, but but I think they're going to take a significant step back this year. 
Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, will be their starting quarterback. You have Mike Evans on the outside. Nine consecutive, nine consecutive thousand-yard seasons for Mike Evans, which is nuts. Uh, Chris Godwin, obviously your receiver. Tristan Wirfs on that offensive line. Defensively, Vita Vea and Levante David are both going to be, you know, your stalwart veterans um, on that defensive line. Um, I think they're going to suck if I if I had to you know if I had to make a guess. I think Baker Mayfield is obviously not a guy you're building your team around. I think this is a post-Brady. They're dealing with a lot of cap problems. They're dealing with an aging roster. Um, their biggest benefit, I think their biggest weakness is obviously going to be that quarterback position. Um, you know, Ryan Jensen's been been hurt. He's dealing with uh, injury issues again this year. Um, that offensive line is, like I said, a little bit older. Um, and I think it's going to start to show some cracks. Um, and that obviously that defense is older as well. So I think overall their their roster is taking a step back. But I think their biggest weakness is going to be that Baker Mayfield um, led uh, offense uh, behind center. Uh, I will say this: um, they will they will have a shot because they're in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a shot because yep. that division I think is is going to be horrific. And and it's a, it's a, it's weird because it, it feels like not that long ago the division was really good. Um, yeah, you had Cam Newton in the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, you, you go Drew back Brees, to Cam Newton years. Saints. Drew, yep. Um, Bucks were never Bucks were never strong until Brady until came. Until Brady came, exactly. Um, but the Falcons, I mean, oh yeah, the, yep. I mean the Falcons. He made the Super Bowl. I mean, that was one of the best offenses in, in recent NFL history. Um, so their benefit's going to be that this division is going to suck. But um, I would have to imagine. I think the thing I'm going to look for this year is, is do you think that streak continues for Mike Evans? Because I can't imagine he goes for over 1,000 yards in Baker Mayfield at QB. See, the only thing I would say yes it does is he's clearly the number one receiver. Chris if, Godwin gets hurt, right? If, where, if, which yeah. he has a history of. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Baker if Baker needs a guy to go to, he, he's going to go to Mike Evans. So I, I could see it. I could see him being somebody who's getting the ball targeted to him mm-hmm. 10 to 15 times a game easily yeah um it's just how many of those are good passes from baker yeah. now you were critical of the baker move correct yeah i just i just don't i don't see any any upside here uh, at all and you know in a way i don't quite know if the the the, the buccaneers should have i i think they should have gone the cardinals route i think they should have just gone to sell the assets look brady's gone Let's clear up some cap. Let's move on from assets. Let's try to get what we can for the aging veterans. But they kept a lot of these core guys together, and they just got a quarterback that I, I, I just I can't imagine utilizes really any of these guys. I, I see what you're saying. So yeah, even know, with the core guys, they're even with the not gonna Baker's not good enough. Right now, okay. why I didn't like the Baker Mayfield signing. If they decided to sign Baker Mayfield to like a vet minimum deal or, or, or take him for absolutely nothing. Um, and also purge the roster, that's one thing. But to kind of keep the core together and then go get Baker, it's like, well, you you have I mean, they're not devoid of talent. This is not the this is not an Arizona Cardinals esque roster where they just don't have talent anymore. Um, they do have talent, but it's like if you saw yourself as a team that's okay, let's keep Mike Evans, let's keep Chris Godwin, let's keep these guys and build around them. You know, then, then maybe go make a play for for another QB. Maybe, you know, sniff the trade market, go see what you can do. I mean, I don't know. I just I I I I can't I can't imagine Baker leaves anything, you know, anything to to excite fans about. I mean, I don't know how you sell tickets down there in, in Tampa land. Um, you know, 
I mean, uh, that said, I mean, it seems like based on reports, he was way better than Kyle Trask. Apparently, Kyle Trask was horrific. Really? Yeah, apparently he was bad. So um, so we'll see. I mean, I could be wrong, but but I think the, the Patriots are a couple years ahead of where the Buccaneers are, are bound to be. <laughs> I think the, the post-Brady era is going to hit Tampa the way it did. It hit New England, and um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm, I, I can't imagine they're going to be terrific, but I, I certainly wouldn't pick them to win the division. Um, any thoughts? No, I mean, I well, uh, maybe not uh, win the division, but I think that's, uh, I think yeah. that's a losing team division for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's head to Atlanta. We talked about those Falcons. Um, this is another team that I think last year did a little bit of what the Bucks are doing this year, right, with Marcus Mariota, where you know he didn't really give you much of anything and. I think this team's got some talent, and, and they, they really went at it this offseason. Um, they go get Jesse Bates from the Cincinnati Bengals, which is, a, which is a big addition in the secondary. And you go take B. John Robinson at the number eighth pick to go along, um, you know, to go along with uh, Drake London and, and, and Kyle Pitts at that tight end position. I know Kyle Pitts has not played up to expectations so far. Um, but they have they've really done enough to go get some tools for for Desmond Ritter. Um, and, and what does Desmond Ritter give you? That's really just what this season relies on. Um, I, I could say this for for a lot of teams, but um, you know, I, Arthur Blank called him the quarterback of the future. Uh, that was something that he said the the owner. So whatever he gives you, I, I just I don't know. Um, there's no doubt that they've got talent on that offense, but but it's just. It sounds like a lazy sports take to say because everyone says this, but I, I don't know what he's going to give you. Whatever he gives you is what this team is going to look like, right? I'd say the same a little bit for, for Washington. You know, what, what Sam Howell's ceiling, and I think is probably linked directly hip and hip with the team and its ceiling. So that's what I, I'd have to imagine. I don't, I just, I'm not a believer in Desmond Ritter. I mean, he's a third round quarterback pick. Um, so whatever he gives you is going to be a bonus. And, and I guess. I just I don't know I don't know what he gives you. Um, I, I I was not confident in him last year, and I I can't feel particularly good about that quarterback position. Um, the offensive line I think is pretty good. This offensive line is good, and I think this defense. We, we forget about guys like Grady Jarrett, who is uh, who's a monster and a mauler on that defensive line as a defensive tackle. So I think their defense has gotten better, and they went out and and tried to balance that out, which is good. But um, I, I hate to be the lazy sports take guy and just say, well, whatever. You know, Ritter gives you is what the team's going to give you, but that's that's kind of what that's, I have. Yeah, that's just kind of the fact on them. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were kind of neck and neck with Tampa last year, and it came down to the last game of the season yeah, for who was going to win so. the division. I, I believe it did, or um, maybe the the second to last week. It's a really good question. I actually don't know specifically how this NFC South ended up. I mean, Tampa won the division. Tampa did, but win, we're but not good at all. Yeah, I mean, no, to be they, to be honest, they, they were not tripped. Good. They tripped into the playoffs. That's yeah. exactly right. Um, but I mean, they were all in it. I mean, remember, I believe was it the was it the Panthers that beat the Falcons like at the last second hail mary from PJ Walker that that sliced their playoff hopes at the end of the season? Am I? I I, I, I remember I just, that. I remember that. Remember yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah. I don't know the timetable on that. And one. then there, PJ Walker had some flag because he took his helmet took his off helmet during off. celebration. Yeah, Something and it went to over. Yeah, That's I remember right. that. Yep, That's yep, right. yep. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Uh, the Falcons, I think, are. I, I think for this year, they feel like just give Desmond Ritter everything you can to see what you get out of him, and mm-hmm. that's kind of they're in the Sam Howell category. Sam Howell's a fifth round pick, so you give him all the tools he needs to succeed. And look, if he succeeds, you know you're getting product, you know, production 
at the quarterback position out of a third-round pick. That's a huge bonus. If not, okay, you're back in the market next year, and I think that's what that's where Washington stands. So I think Washington and Atlanta are kind of in a similar uh, standpoint because I, I I do think both teams have have tremendous um, you know, tremendous talent. I will say Drake London at your receiver position, you feel really good with him. Mm-hmm. That said, uh, they don't really have another you know top tier receiver. Calvin Ridley obviously left, and Julio Jones left years ago, so they haven't been able to really fill in that receiver spot. So we'll see. I, I'm not. I don't have great expectations uh, for the Falcons, but um, they they are a young team, and that's. That's really um, that's really really important for for these rebuilding guys is that you're a young roster. Uh, speaking of young roster, let's head to the Carolina Panthers who are dealing with uh, Bryce Young as their quarterback drafted first overall. They made that big trade up, really aggressive. You know, David Tepper as an owner this offseason to to come up and uh, trade with the Bears and go get that uh, first overall pick to get Bryce Young. Um, they went out and got Miles Sanders. Uh, they went out and got Adam Thielen. Uh, you know, two offensive guys that are going to be plug and play starters and, and, and productive guys. I, I know Thielen's on the back nine of his career, but but still a, a really productive receiver. 107 targets, 70 receptions last year, six touchdowns for the Vikings. So he'll be a plug and play guy. And then the defense is young as well. J.C. Horn at that cornerback position. I know they they lack cornerback depth outside of J.C. Horn, um, but Brian uh, Brian Burns out there as a defensive end is another guy you feel pretty good about. Um, I think I feel good about the Panthers. Um, you like Bryce Young? I do like Bryce Young. I I, I think you know having product, you know productivity at the quarterback position out of Alabama matters, right? I mean, we said this with with Mac Jones. I mean, so many people were giving him crap during that draft, but it's like, look, you had production in Alabama. I mean, you're not going to get better competition on the college level than Alabama. And this guy has different dimensions than Mac Jones, right? I mean, he's he's able to run. I know he's a smaller guy, but he's got legs. He's speedy. Um, a lot to be excited about. It, it's going to be it's a big year of change, so tempering expectations are going to be key here. I, I, I'm going to say the same thing about the Colts on the AFC South. You got a new head coach, you got a new quarterback, you got a new offense coordinator. There's going to be things that you're going to have to kind of pump the brakes on and let this team gel a little bit, especially led by a rookie. Um, but I, I feel pretty good about this team. I actually, I think that they're best poised to win this division. Really? Because I think the rest are going to struggle. I we're going to get to the Saints next. I think that would be the next best competition mm-hmm. um but i think it's more last man standing than i fear any of these teams but i think the upside is here for the panthers okay i like it i like it what do you got on them do I'm, you feel you know do you, well i was gonna ask, how yeah. do you like frank reich as a coach i think frank reich i it, it's hard because in, in indianapolis you're dealing with a very hands-on owner in jim Irsay. Mm-hmm. so it's difficult to really gauge a coach when, you know, Jim Irsay was out there, you know, stumping. I mean, I don't know how many years he was there and how many different quarterbacks he had. I mean, he never really had a system that he could build. You had Jim Irsay out there, you know, going after and, and making sure you got Matt Ryan and going after Carson Wentz and feeling good about, you know, whatever Phillip Rivers gave them at the end of his 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 tenure there. So I I do like Frank Reich. I think he's a really smart offensive guy. As a head coach, it's it's hard to judge too much. Um, you know, up there in Indianapolis with Jim Marseille's just fingerprints all over everything. So this is going to be his first year. He's he's obviously been aggressive building his roster and going and getting his quarterback. So this is going to be a really pivotal next few years for him. Um, like I said, you're you're going to give him some leeway with his first year. Um, David Tepper is a, is a patient owner, uh, but he's an aggressive owner and he wants to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going all out here. So I feel like I feel like they've got a really high ceiling to succeed this year. So I'd feel good if you're the Panthers. Um, okay. Not like sure it. how good. I don't know what the ceiling looks like, but 
Um, but definitely optimistic and hopeful for the future. Um, which brings us down to the Saints. So I guess my test with these guys, um, when I kind of look at these, is it's, it's a weird thing. But I just kind of close my eyes. And think, okay, what do I think about when I think of the Saints for this year? Um, and I've, I have felt this for a while. But, I mean, ever since Drew Brees stepped aside, I feel like this team has just been in nonstop rebuild mode. But they're not rebuilding in the way that, like we said, the Cardinals rebuild or the way the Browns rebuilt um, or the way some of these teams rebuild where it's like, okay, just strip this all down to the bare bones. Let's strip this down to the support beams and then we'll start building this uh, skyscraper from the bottom up again. Obviously, since since Bree stepped aside, you've had Dalton, you've had Jameis Winston come in and those are just kind of band-aids over the situation where they haven't they haven't been aggressive to go out. They haven't really been, you know, they've been good enough to not really be in a, in a in contention to go up in the draft and, and go get one of the young QBs. So this was their first season since Drew B's retired where they're able to say, okay, like, let's go out there. Let's spend some money. Let's, let's patch this up. And they, and they did with, with Derek Carr. So what does Derek Carr give you? Um, I have never been, I mean, we had this conversation. We've had this conversation for a long time about Derek Carr. I mean, we both have disagreed on Derek Carr, I, I'm much higher on Derek Carr than, than everyone else is, but I also know who Derek Carr is. He's a conservative quarterback. You know, he's a guy who'll turn the ball over, but and he's not somebody who's going to, you know, blow your skirt up. He, he's he's a he's a pretty down the middle guy. He's kind. He's I think he's in that Kirk Cousins camp of a, a productive quarterback who can put up numbers, but you know, is he going to put the team on his back when he needs it? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Is he a guy that inspires? this team to feel like this is the heir to Drew Brees? No, not in my eyes. Um, but he did sign, what was it, a hundred and, yeah, I guess a four-year, $150 million deal. So he'll be there. He'll, he'll be there, for better or worse. That's that's the guy they've tied themselves to. Um, they went out uh, this year and, and, and brought in Jamal Williams, um, you know, the number 29 pick. They got Isaiah Foskey in the second round. They got Brian Brisey with the number 29 pick in the first round. So they've, they've kind of, you know, those first two picks, uh, they went uh, that defensive line in, in that edge to try to address their defense, who I think has definitely been a weak spot for them. Um, what do you what do you feel about the Saints? I mean, where are you at on them? I, I see. I think they'll be decent. I, re- I really do. I mean, I, I know I've been critical of Derek Carr in the past, but I, I put him, like you said, in that kind of not average quarterback, but a little above average quarterback. Like like you said, somebody who will get the job done but isn't going to take a team to the promised land. Right. Right. He's he's not Tom right. Brady, he's not Aaron Rodgers, he's not, you know, any of these top tier quarterbacks, but he's also not somebody like the other three quarterbacks in the division where they're either untested or have been tested and have failed multiple tests in the case of Baker Mayfield. So I would say I'm going to disagree with you on the Panthers being the favorite to win this division. I'm going to have it being the saints. I think the saints are the favorite, but I, I I will agree. Those are probably our one and two Falcons. Like you said, let's see how Ritter plays out. And then I I have no faith in the bucks to be honest. Yeah, no, Um, but no, no, I I have confidence in them that they're going to probably hover around 500, but I think that'll be enough to to win the division, yeah. which automatically gets you into the playoffs and then, you know, see what happens from there. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it, it is interesting. And I, I mean, I, I do think that this is going to be really, you know, what Derek Carr gives you. Now, he posted his worst quarterback rating of his career 
uh, last year. Yeah, but that right? was a that was a disaster. I mean, that's a, a disastrous team. That's a really that's a first year Josh McDaniels. Who again, I will say this every time I bring up Josh McDaniels' name, he should not be head coach in the NFL anymore. We've seen this way too many times. He's not an NFL head coach. Um, like I said, with their defense, they went out and they, and they made some some uh, additions, especially through the draft at defensive line. They lost a lot of guys, obviously in in, in free agency with Shy Tuttle and Caden Ellis. Um, they, I believe, they lost. Um, uh, I I can't remember who the other other guy they lost was. They they did lose another. I believe they lost the outside linebacker Aiden Caden Ellis uh, to the Falcons, and then Shy Tuttle um, and Marcus Davenport. Um, I believe they lost as well. So. They did have to do a little bit of roster reshuffling on the defensive side, but you know, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be interesting because they they did pay Derek Carr 150 mil. Yeah. You know that if he did have a good year, there was no way the Saints were going to be able to afford him. You know, they, they, he was not going to be available this offseason. Um, so hopefully, he goes back to what he was two years ago, 2021, um, and obviously adding Jamal Williams, who scored the most touchdowns. He was he was the highest uh, scoring touchdown producer in the NFL last season. Really? Jamal Williams with the Lions. Didn't know that. Yep, they also got Foster Moreau um, as well, tight end, um, who I think is uh, is going to be uh, going to be a good offensive weapon there. So we'll see. Uh, okay offseason for them. What Derek Carr gives you, I think, is also – I think their ceiling is tied to their quarterback as well, which, which most teams fall into that category. Um, should we go to the AFC South? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start uh, – let's start in Florida again with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, Sean, are you rolling out of here? Have a great day. <laughs> He's running to the bathroom. So it's, it's Connor solo. Uh, whenever you're, you're doing a podcast and your producer gets up and starts leaving, you start realizing, Oh my God, what have I done? Um, let's start in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville. I feel, I feel the most optimistic about, uh, I think this, this is, this is your division favorite. Um, this is a team that started out a little bit slow. Um, but an outstanding run to that divisional round. Um, from the Jaguars, who were that surprise team in that AFC last year, um, squeaked into the playoffs with a nine and eight record, and then ended up losing to Patrick Mahomes, the uh, and the Chiefs, the eventual Super Bowl champs. Um, but absolutely um, nothing to uh, nothing to hang your hat on. I mean, that's that is uh, I mean a really really impressive run uh, for for the the Jaguars team. Uh, new coach and Doug Peterson. Obviously, they went out and got Evan Ingram, who has a career resurgent year with the Jacksonville Jaguars um, drafted uh, first round tackle Anton Harris, uh, who was tremendous again last year. And, and they made an addition in Calvin Ridley, right? We forgot about Calvin Ridley uh, two years uh, out of football with the gambling suspension. And I believe he was also injured slash. I, I can't remember. He had an off field concern or something that was happening off the field with Calvin Ridley, uh, but we haven't seen him in two years and he's comes back um and, and he will join the Jaguars, and that's another great weapon um, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, obviously, Christian Kirk and, and Zay Jones, I mean, that's, that is not a bad group at all. Travis Etienne and Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and Josh Allen and Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams. I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, this team defensively and offensively are, are stacked. So this is, this is my favorite um, going into the year. Uh, another year with, with Trevor Lawrence developing and, and, and another year for – Doug Peterson to kind of install his offense. Nothing, nothing to uh, feel feel too bad about. I think Jacksonville is my favorite in this division. Shawnee has joined us back on the podcast. How are you, guy? I'm good. That was good. Did we talk about Jacksonville? We did talk about Jacksonville. We are talking about them. How okay, do you feel good. about Jacksonville, Shawnee? Favorite in the division. There you go. There you go. It's almost like you heard me. 
Um, <laughs> I actually did not. <laughs> did you not? Well, I did not know. Work. No, but they are the favorite in the division. I, I think I feel pretty good about that. But, I mean, I just started listing out their star players. I mean, Calvin Ridley, obviously. Got him like from Atlanta. Said, yep. Got him from Atlanta. After he was suspended all of last year, All right? last year, and I believe he missed the year before with an injury. So he's he's been out of football for two years. Wow. Uh, but, I mean, you're, you're, you have to imagine this guy steps in and um, and gives you just, just another weapon. So, um I mean, they were the darlings of the AFC last year, the Jaguars are, and I, I can't imagine they take any steps backwards. So that's my favorite of the division. Let's go to Smashville, Tennessee Titans. Um, Tennessee Titans had an interesting offseason. I don't quite know. I don't feel good about the Titans. No. Um, Who's their starter? So you'll remember Ryan Tannehill is yeah, still there. He, I know he's still there, but right. are, have they given up on him yet? No, but they drafted Will Levis, mm-hmm. which is to me baffling. I don't know why they drafted Will Levis, given the fact that they have Malik Willis. And, and really in terms of, you know, whether Malik Willis is a franchise guy or not, I think both of these guys, Malik Willis and Will Levis, both are going to have, by the way, Will Levis and Malik Willis, like it's kind of like I don't know what's going on. Will Levis, if you combine those words together, it kind of gives you Willis. So that's a weird, weird two words to <laughs> say like right next to each other. Uh, nonetheless, I think both these quarterbacks kind of have the same exact trajectory. They're both at best backup quarterbacks to me. So it's weird how you, you kind of go out of your way to draft a supposed Ryan Tannehill replacement in Malik Willis. And then a year after doing so, you draft a Malik Willis replacement and Will Levis. It's well, like, what, what does that say about Malik Willis? What, what does it say about any of these guys? Right? You're like, I would. Who who do they even? Well, we've been under the impression for what a year or two that Ryan Tannehill's basically his contract's done this year, right? They have been dying to get rid of Ryan. They've been trying to get rid of but Ryan it, Tannehill his contract for two years now. Is done this year? Right? I believe so. I think I think it is. I just don't know what to make of this. I, I don't know what. See, wait, hang. I like the Will Levis draft though, because wasn't he supposed to be a top round or, or first round guy or top tens? People had had crazy stuff that like that. That was ridiculous. Where would he go? Three? Yeah, I believe so. Um, Third round. Yeah. Yes. It, that was that was a ridiculous. That was a ridiculous concept that people would take Will Levis. Well, that people early. were saying it. Yeah, but people didn't do it. So saying it's saying it not doing it is what we call BSing. So do you think they they saw him and drafted him because he was kind of oh a cheap guy on a as value a, pick or I mean, a value also, pick on a on a low you know low draft pick? Yeah, that is why Sam Howell's in Burgundy and Gold. Sam Howell before his senior year was supposed to be the projected number one overall pick. He went in to his senior year at North Carolina, being the top quarterback in the country and being the projected first overall pick for. Washington and what would be the 2022 draft. He didn't have as great of a senior year, struggled a little bit, and his value just tanked, and Washington was able to scoop him up in the fifth round. But that's kind of how it goes. The draft, we talk about this every draft year, right? Guys will talk values into reality. They, they will hype guys up to the point of, you know, ridiculousness, where you've got Alex Leatherwood being taken, you know, by the Raiders in the first round, where Alex Leatherwood is not a first-round pick. And by the way, he... Turned out to be just that, not a first round pick and a bust. Um, you'll, you know, guys will talk like, you know, Clellan Farrell from Clemson, defense vent drafted in the top four, I believe. And, and that dude is not, not a top four defender, not top four player in that draft. People just talk themselves into values endlessly. So how it played out was kind of how it was supposed to play out. Will Levis picked round about where he should be. Now it's not supposed to be, you know, this guy is not, supposed to 
jump in and start immediately. This is a guy they want to develop. But I just, I just, they're already doing it with Malik, so I just don't, I don't understand what the deal is. Also, their offensive line is horrifically bad. I don't know what the deal is with their offensive line. They're, they're terrible. Ryan Tannehill, I believe, got sacked thirty-three times last year. Wow. Um, so it's really bad. And then they went another way to to sign DeAndre Hopkins, which I think is going to help. But who else do they have other than DeAndre Hopkins? Got rid of AJ Brown last year. Yeah, they don't have anybody. So it's like, uh, I mean, that's kind of of it. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't feel good about this team. Um, if if Derrick Henry was not on this team, I think we would be talking about them as a bottom feeder. But this guy has single handedly put put his team on the <laughs> back true. and and run between the tackles. But for but how long aging. can he do that? Yeah, right. I mean, he's aging as well. Now we've said this for a while that you know how long can he do it, and he just keeps doing it. But uh, time is time wins, right? <laughs> like time's undefeated. So uh, we said this about Adrian Peterson, and then eventually he just stopped playing. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> time wins no matter what. Um, so. I think this defense is a top half of the league defense. I think this offense is not particularly good. <laughs> getting um, some text over there. I don't know there? what is going on. I don't, <laughs> is that coming through on it's this? It's coming through on the ears, yeah. Yeah, so let, let's go ahead and, and, and shut this up. Unfortunately, my wife has a has a tremendous habit. Literally, I need to put this on, on Do Not Disturb. My <laughs> wife has this tremendous <laughs> habit. Oh, what she does is when she sends text messages, she sends them like three words at a time. Wow. And yeah. she just sends six billion of them. I'm like, hey, babe, let's make a paragraph. Say what you need to say. And then hit send. And when I read it, I respond. When I'm on the podcast, she's literally, I mean, this this is, I mean, it's coming in like a howitzer. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I put that on do not disturb. That shouldn't. That shouldn't that's everybody everybody listening to the podcast is checking their phone. Like, Who the hell's texting? Yeah. I, I, you know what? This actually, see, I am so sorry. If that actually happened to a listener out there, this happened to me on a podcast earlier today <laughs> yeah. where I was driving and the podcast I was listening to, the studio is above a fire station. <laughs> So a fire engine goes off, and I immediately thought, oh, my God, I'm being trailed by a fire truck. So I remember, I started looking, started getting in the right lane. I realized it was on a podcast, not happening in real life. Who puts a studio above a firehouse? It's, it's tough. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> I won't ask that question. Yeah, let's not ask that's that a question. That's, that's a really brutal one. Uh, so uh, I I mean, that text message barrage just threw me off. Anyway, I think the Titans are going to suck. Can we agree on that? Yeah, right. I agree. Titans should suck this year. Uh, I I think, yeah, I don't know, maybe eight and nine. They're not going to suck too bad, but I, I think eight and nine is probably where I, where I have them. You're looking intently at the uh, helmet. Uh, yeah, helmet you know why? Stage. Because we have them all in the right divisions, except look at the bottom two on the right. Bottom two on the right. All, no, all those divisions. Those aren't real divisions. We have the Texans, the Titans, the Colts, and then have the Bengals getting there. Yeah, that's odd. I don't that, know how that Somebody happened. messed up. Yeah. You were over there one year messing around with them. I week. didn't touch them. Are you sure? I did not touch them. Yeah. Well, I'm going to blame you no matter what. Okay. Good? Well, yeah, it's your fault. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll arrange those for next week, and you'll see those on the YouTube channel, the mini <laughs> helmets. Uh, okay. Anyways. That's a great deal. Although the Washington Commanders now are, I hate saying that. I hate saying Commanders. The Washington Commanders helmet is the Washington football team. Oh no! So that's that's that helmet needs some updating, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll we'll make <laughs> do with it. Um, but I trust me, Commanders is going to be out the door in another year or so. So just none of this matters. None of this matters. Let's go and finish this up. I believe. Do we have? Well, we have two more. Uh, let's go to the Colts. Colts are Anthony Richardson. That's the Colts, right? I mean, this guy had so much unbelievable hype. Uh, this offseason through OTAs, through the preseason. Um, he's getting thrown into the fire, man. I mean, there is no sitting behind a starter. This guy is this guy's your starter. Um, he was announced starter recently, Gardner, Gardner Minshew, um, who's a veteran. Uh, he will be the backup quarterback. Um, 
I, I think Richardson's going to be so fun. I mean, he's a big guy. His ability to run is going to be interesting. How does that offense look um, with new head coach, Jonathan Gannon? How is that, that going to look? You know, what, what's, what's that? How are they going to shape that? Um, Jonathan Taylor, however, this holdout contract trade situation, whatever, I don't know how this is going to play out. Jonathan Taylor has the world's largest question mark right next to him. So I'm not sure what he's going to give you. But, um, you know, if he's back and he's playing, that's one of the top running backs in the league. You have Michael Pittman Jr., who's a clear wide receiver one. Uh, Alec Pierce is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere and and is going to be working alongside of Michael Pittman. So that's another great um, receiver option. Uh, Defensively, you got guys like DeForest Buckner and um, uh, Shaq Leonard and Quiddy Pay. Um, those are, those are dudes who are really, really productive. So this defense is, is, is going to be pretty good. Um, so, uh, but I think this is, this is, this is like the Panthers. This is like the Falcons. This is like Washington. A lot of teams around the league. What Richardson gives you is going to be the big thing, but his, his, I, I don't know for the Colts that anything is more important than his development. So if this, this Colts team goes five and 12, whatever, screw it. Does Richardson improve? Does he get better? Is this a guy that is worth the draft capital? Is this the guy that you can build your team around? And if that is the answer, if yes is the answer, this offseason you can be really aggressive. Right? Yeah, you can I finally like figure out what you want to do with Jonathan Taylor. Um, but this is this is a lot like the Panthers, a lot like the Falcons. Mm-hmm. You just see what you can get, and then you go from there. Yep. Um, so I, I feel optimistic. I don't feel great about their record this year, but I feel optimistic about what's, what's ahead um, for the Colts, especially if Richardson ends up panning out. Uh, which brings us to our fourth and final, our 32nd out of 32 teams that we have walked through. God bless you, Sean. Thank you, sir. The Houston Texans. So Houston, exactly, exactly where the Colts are. I, I think they're, they are really just kind of, I, I think their seasons are, are really going to um, honestly marry each other. I wouldn't be surprised if they both finish with a similar record. Like they, they are very similar teams. Um, C.J. Stroud, your your young quarterback, who is again the point of this season is to develop him, see what he gives you. Um, solid running back, but kind of limited weapons. So, getting the most out of C.J. Stroud is the same as getting the most out of Anthony Richardson. Uh, Damien Pierce is a guy who almost ran for a thousand yards last year. Um, he's a second year pro, a lot of lot of, uh, of of gas left in his tank. Um, you've got Devin Singletary from Buffalo, so a decent little running back room. Will Anderson is their selection in the draft. I mean, they went off in the draft. I think that's a tremendous linebacker, kind of defensive end, hybrid guy in Will Anderson who um, he racked up 34 and a half sacks during his time with Alabama. Mm. Just He's a plug-and-play day one starter. Um, you know, quarterback Derek Stingley Jr., um, I think he's, uh, he's going to be a plug-and-play guy. Um, you know, J- uh, Jimmy Ward. As your safety, Jalen Petrie is a as a safety as well. So that safety duo is really good. Um, and and D'Amico Ryan's is is your head coach. So a lot of of new coach, new quarterback pairings this year, right? I mean, yeah. you just start listing them out, and it's it's remarkable. Um, I mean, Arizona is different because they don't even know who the hell they're starting quarterback. <laughs> but that's a new coach, new quarterback combo. You've got um, obviously Houston, Indianapolis. Um, the, the Panthers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just plenty. New coach, new quarterback, teams that are building themselves up from the ground up. But look, the story for the Texans, who I think are going to probably finish tied for last in this division, I don't think they're going to be particularly good this year. But it's not going to be about the record at the end of the day. We, we can we can 
talk about records all we want. I mean, for them, they're looking at one thing and one thing only. How does this new coach, new quarterback, how, how, what kind of nucleus do they provide? Do they give us confidence that by the time we hang up the pads, you know, in January that, you know, this might not be a playoff team. They're not a playoff team. But when we hang up the pads, we can feel really good about getting to the office and saying, hey, this is what our offseason checklist looks like. It's the same with, with, you know, these teams that we listed out before. So I think in the, uh, I think Houston probably in that, I don't know, 6 and 11, 5 and 12 range. I think they're right there with Indianapolis in, in their offseason prediction. I think Jacksonville is the best team in this division. I think there's a big gap there. I mean, unless something falls apart in Jacksonville, I think they're the number one. They're going to walk away with this division. I think Tennessee will be two. Um, and then I think Indianapolis and Houston will be vying for that you know, third and fourth spot. I agree. What do you think about Houston? Same kind of thing? Yeah, exact same thing. Um, yeah, it's, it, that's a good point. There are a lot of new quarterback uh, coach kind of dynamics there at yeah. the NFL. And it's all how those play out. And uh, it's also about no – you know, making sure that you uh, you have enough time to review the review the guys rather right. than you know drawing cl- conclusions right away after ha- a couple bad games, which uh, yeah. unfortunately does happen in the NFL. Yes. Um, but I'm looking for. I, I think it'll be. I, I think more so the the NFC South. But I think both the divisions will be fun. I agree with Jacksonville. Like they're going to run away mm-hmm. with it. But the NFC South, that's going to be one that kind of comes down to probably two, three teams. Yeah. Um in in the last week of the season which is going to be a lot of fun to watch no doubt yeah no doubt because quite frankly i i said that i think with the the difference in the afc and nfc south is you could the afc south you have a clear leader we've got a clear winner there that you know going into the season things could change but right now there's a clear structure with the nfc south there is it's a big question mark huge question mark so i think you you can list them in terms of highest ceiling but you know what the hell do we know about their actual production? Exactly. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, for all we know, Bryce Young can be a disaster. Like we, we don't know at all. Um, and that's what, what week one is going to provide us. So seven days away, seven days away from when we are speaking, Shawnee, it is eight 43 PM Eastern time. Um, and this time in seven days, lions and chiefs, lions and chiefs. That'll underway. be a fun one. It will be a fun one, man. It'll I mean, the, really the lions are a tough out, man. And they're, they, they are, are. they're a tough out. And if anything, hard knocks showed us, they are, they are not going to be one to roll over, but that is it. That is all 32 teams broken down for you in preparation for week one. Um, so if you missed anything, go back and listen to them. We have them all. AFC, NFC, North, South, East, and West, all 32 teams broken down for you in preparation of week one. So next week, we are going to preview the Cardinals on Inside the Beltway. Cardinals and Commanders week one. Commanders have got to stomp the hell out of the Cardinals. I mean, I don't uh. know if you saw that uh, announcement this week that – uh, they cut Colt McCoy, yep, a quarterback that. who they've been training with all year, who's been with the Cardinals now for a couple of years, and they are—I mean, they are in—I f- mean, they are in full tank mode. They are in full Wizards mode. Um, so Washington has to kill them. Uh, there's just no two ways around it. Uh, and if they don't, then I think we just need to quit. Um, <laughs> not just change the team, change name or owner. We just—we just need to dissolve. Ourselves. No longer in the NFL. Yeah, just, yeah. we're done here. Uh, we're done. Go to the XFL. Um, Am I missing anything? That's it, man. Let's go have wings. Let's go have wings. I think it's time to cue the music, Johnny. Um, another great episode. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, sir. Inside the Beltway uh, will be coming to you next week after further review in the books this week. Um, have a great weekend. Thank you so much for tuning in wherever you are. We will see you guys next weekend. As always, I'll catch you guys on the other side.